Christian Center podcast. This week, we'll hear from Pastor Lee McLeod on enjoying God's blessings. Now here is Pastor Lee. <laughs> That's awesome. Good morning, Portland Christian Center. How are you this morning? It's good to see you. Everybody awake? The sun's going to shine. We, we uh, are getting to come to service first thing this morning, then we can go out and enjoy the sun all the rest of the day. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Lee McLeod, and uh, I work alongside, my wife and I work alongside uh, Pastor Bill and Joy in the Oregon Ministry Network office. And, uh, you know, Pastor Bill sends his greetings and regrets uh, this morning that he's not here with us because he was called to Springfield, Missouri to attend the funeral of former General Superintendent uh, George Wood of the Assemblies of God. And so he had to go and he, he said, Lee, could you cover for me? And I said, I will do my very best to do that. So this morning I am excited to be with you. I understand you're in a new series. And uh, this series is titled Future. That's the video that we just watched. And your text is the Old Testament book of Malachi. That's a, an interesting text. How many's ever read the book of Malachi in its entirety? If you haven't done that, you might want to do it right now during this series because it would be a good time for you to kind of pre, not right now, like right at the moment, but I mean during this season uh, so that you can preload and know what's going on. Uh, you know, Pastor Bill kicked off the series a couple weeks ago and uh, he talked about knowing God loves you. Then last week, Pastor Heather, she hit it out of the ballpark with her series, uh, or her message on this series, and it was titled, Express Our Love to God. You know, I went back and I watched both of those online because Pastor Bill said, can you cover it this next Sunday? And I said, well, what are we doing? And he told me the title and the text, and I said, okay, but what are we doing? And I thought it would be important that I went back and looked at those two sermons. They were awesome, by the way. And I would challenge you whether you're here in the church or service or if you're watching online, if you miss some of this series, go back and watch this. It's all online at, at the Portland Christian Center website, and you can look at that and get, stay caught up. Cindy and I uh, have the privilege of attending, when we're home, attending a church in Salem area. And, you know, they're in the middle of a series right now, and every week we try to stay caught up so that when we're there in person, we're able to, to know what's going on. And I, I would encourage you to do the very same thing. My assignment this week is to continue the series and the title of my sermon is Learning to Enjoy God's Blessing. How many of you know that God wants you to enjoy the blessings he provides? How many, how many of you know that? He does, he does. God has provisions and blessings and thoughts for us that we never even imagined. And he is saying, I want my people to be blessed. I want my people to know that, that, that God is working in their lives. Do you know in some cases you might be the only reflection of God that those people that you hang out with throughout the week ever get to see? That is a little bit of a challenge. It's kind of sobering. In fact, if I add this, it even becomes more sobering. What reflection of Christ do they see in you? Do they see blessings or do they see other things? 
Do they see a confidence that your God has things in control and you trust him? Or do they see a wishy-washiness that seems to be everywhere else around them? There's nothing much that is stable in our world today, if you haven't noticed. We don't know from day to day what we're supposed to do, where we're supposed to go, how we're supposed to act, what we're supposed to wear, whether we can do this or that or greet each other in this fashion. We just don't know what's going on, but God has a plan and his blessings includes guiding your steps. His blessings includes walking with you every single day. And so we want to talk about that this morning. John chapter 10, Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Some versions say, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. If you're looking in your Bible or your device, it may, you may notice that these words are in red. And I say that because you need to know that this was Jesus speaking to us. And he said, the very reason that I came to this earth is that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly, that you have it to the fullest. On the other hand, we have an enemy that wants us to fail. If possible, if possible, he will steal from us the blessings of God. The rest of John 10 says the thief, that's the enemy, that's the devil, that's the devil. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Think about that. Here's Jesus. He's at the beginning of what we know as his earthly ministry. And he's saying, here's the reason I came. Here's my job description to bring life and to bring it to the fullest, to bring provisions that you never imagined, to produce blessings in your life. But you need to also be aware that there's an enemy that wants to take you out. Now, we need not walk in fear of the enemy because we have God. But what we do need to be, uh, do is be aware of the fact that he is there. He is ever present trying to take you out. You know, elsewhere in the Bible, I believe it's in the epistle to, of Peter, he says that the devil is like a roaring lion. Now, he's not a roaring lion, but he goes about as a roaring lion, lion seeking whom he may devour. And I would say that he is poised and pounced, ready to pounce on you at any time. Now, I don't want to bring you fear because when you're under the protection of God and when you're walking with God, that's the counterbalance to this. But Jesus thought it important enough to say from day one, my job is to bring life abundant, but be aware that there's an enemy that wants to rob, kill, and to destroy. So we want to, we want to be aware of that. God wants us to succeed. Right? right? Yeah. Look at that person next to you. If they look like they're about asleep, give them a little elbow and say, God wants you to succeed. There you go. There you go. God wants us to succeed. The devil wants us to fail. Right? But here's the cool thing about this. In the middle, we stand with the deciding vote. On one hand, we have the, the God that wants us to prosper. On the other hand, we have an enemy that would like to take us out. But we get to decide which we choose. Think about that. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. God provided the way and he gave the invitation, but we must accept the invitation. We have to choose him. We have to walk in obedience. 
if we hope to receive the blessings he promises. Now I realize that as soon as I say blessings, our mind goes everywhere. I'm not sure blessings are always financial, although God has an incredible financial plan for all of us. Blessings are not always perfect health and blessings are not always an absence of, 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 of strife or challenges in our life because we also know that we live in this world and as long as we live in this world, we're going to have to deal with everything negative that may be on the news. We're going to have to deal with pandemics and we're going to have to deal with, with illness. We're going to have to deal with that. But we also understand in the middle of all of that, there are blessings that God promises that, that, that sets us apart, that makes us different. Our perspective is different, even unto death. You know, the Apostle Paul said that if I live, I have Christ, but if I die, to be absent from this body is to be present with Christ. So Pastor Joy said earlier that we have this funeral coming up, and I understand this is an elderly saint that has walked with God for 90 plus years. And, and you know, if, if, if he could stand here this morning, I think he would say to us, it's worth it all. If he could stand here this morning, I think he would say, you know, all of my questions about death have now been resolved because the Bible says to be absent from this body is to be present with Christ. One of the provisions, one of the blessings that comes along with accepting Christ into our life. God provided the invitation, as I said. He wants us to accept it, but I just want to make this statement. Be assured that you can decide your future as it relates to the blessings of God in your life. I hope that sinks in this morning. The decision is up to you. This loving God that loves us so much provided the best that heaven had in his son and said, whosoever can be partakers. That loving God also gave you a right to choose him or reject him. I hear people on occasion say, but how can a loving God send people to hell? To which I often respond and say, he doesn't. He doesn't. It's a consequence of their actions. His desire is that none would perish, but that all would have eternal life. All would have the blessings of God. But he loves you enough, he lets you choose. I can exercise my will either direction that I choose to go. I can exercise it towards the blessings of God, or I can exercise it towards all the way to hell if I choose to reject God. The decision is up to me. So let's look at our text together. Malachi chapter two, verse one through nine. It says, and now you priest, this warning is for you. If you do not listen and if you do not resolve to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse on you and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them because you have not resolved to honor me. Because of you, I will rebuke your descendants. I will smear on your faces the dung from the festival sacrifices and you will be carried off with it. And you will know that I... Excuse me. And you will know that I have sent you this warning so that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord Almighty. My covenant was with him and a covenant of life. And it was a covenant of life and peace. And I gave them to him. This called for reverence and he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth and nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness and turned, and turned many from sin. 
For the lips of the priest ought to preserve knowledge because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty and people seek instruction from his mouth. But you have turned away from the way with your, turn many, excuse me, let's start over. But you have turned from the way and by your teaching have caused many to stumble. You have violated the covenant with Levi, says the Lord Almighty. So I have cursed you, caused you, excuse me, to be despised and humiliated before all the people because you have not followed my ways and have shown partialities in matters of the law. Now in this text, I highlighted a word in red and that word is covenant. And covenant, according to dictionary.com, means this, an agreement usually formed between two or more persons to do or not do something. And there are a lot of examples of covenant. We don't use that word very often here in, in, in modern language, in modern society, but there are practical examples of covenant that I can mar- uh, mention, like marriage. Cindy and I, we uh, March 1st will mark 42 years for us. Uh, I was 12 when we got married, and uh, it was a long time ago. She was, she was much older, much older than that, I'm sure. But uh, 42 years ago, we stood before an official, and we exchanged vows and made a covenant, and Cindy stated, I will do my part to contribute to this good marriage, and I stated, I will do my part to continue in this good marriage and to to meet the conditions. And then we sealed the deal with an exchange of rings. Many of you have a ring like that on your hand. If I were to take my ring, which happens to be yellow gold, and I were to take it off my hand and give it to you, you could put it on it, your hand, and it would be a piece of jewelry, perhaps. Wouldn't have much meaning to you, maybe some monetary value in the gold, but, but it doesn't have the significant meaning that it has with Cindy. Because to me, it is a reminder of an agreement that we made many years ago. Make sense? There's other covenants like mortgage. See, those of you in the house that are homeowners, you know that at some point in the past, you entered into a covenant with either a contractor or a previous owner of your home. And the terms of the covenant stated that I will pay you a certain amount of money for our home for a certain amount of time in exchange for our home. And you know that if along the way you stop paying your mortgage payments, somebody comes and says you have violated the terms of the covenant and we're taking the home back. We're repossessing that home. How about some other real practical ones? How about Costco? Amazon Prime. Man, Amazon Prime, they have a direct route to my house. My grandson will be driving down the road in California and he snaps on a picture uh, of of the Amazon semi-truck and he goes, Grandma, they're on their way. (laughs) And they are both ways, to and from my house. I mean, I think it's what we do. How about Bimart? I mean, there's something for us Oregon and and, uh, Oregonians and Northwest people. Perhaps in your pocket, you have a card or a membership of all of these or an app on your phone. Most of these, or all of these are, are indicators of a covenant that you have made with a company that simply says this, I will pay a certain fee in exchange for certain benefits of membership, right? That's a covenant. See, sometimes we don't think about that. What about those of us as followers of Christ who attend church regularly and partake of communion? You know, when we take a communion, we do so because we have a covenant with God. In fact, as part of that communion service, uh, when we have a symbol of bread and juice, as part of that, we are told that 
Do not partake of this in an unworthy manner, which basically means if it would be like you putting on my wedding ring. It doesn't have the same effect that it has when I put it on because of Cindy. We have a covenant, so this means something. So you can take the bread and you can take the cup and partake of it, but it means nothing to you if you haven't entered into the covenant. First Corinthians chapter 11 says, the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, now watch this. This cup is the new covenant, a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. See, covenant always requires two parts. So is the case with our covenant with God. When we come to God, we have to understand that this covenant always requires our part and God's part. His part is, for God so loved the world, I gave you a, a way that you can access the Father God, like you have never dreamed possible and you can have eternal life so that when you pass away, you are not like those who have no hope. That's part of the covenant. That's his part. My part is I have to submit myself to God. I have to invite God to come into my life. I have to receive the blessings that God has given me. That I receive the blessings that God has given us. Remember the title of our talk today. It's learning to enjoy God's blessings. We have to do that. In our text, we see God encouraging the priest to stay true to the covenant they had agreed to. And he reminded them that there will be consequences, good and bad, based on their actions. You see, the priest in our text, despite having knowledge of the Old Testament law and the covenant that they had made with Levi. Maybe I should explain that briefly. In Numbers chapter 18, it says this. The Lord said to Aaron, you and your sons and your family are to bear the responsibility for offenses connected with the sanctuary. And you and your sons alone are to bear the responsibility for offenses connected to the priesthood. Bring your fellow Levites to join and assist you They are to be responsible for the care of the sanctuary and the altar so that the wrath of God, excuse me, so that the wrath will not fall on the Israelites again. Now, if you go back all the way back in history, you would find that there were a number of different tribes that made up what we call the children of Israel. One of those tribes was the tribe of Levi. The tribe of Levi Aaron was part of that, and and God spoke to him and said, I want the tribe of Levi now, in Aaron's time, Numbers 18, and forevermore in Israel, I want the tribe of Levi to be the priests. Today, we may not use priests, we might use preachers. But what their responsibility had to do with was making sure that church was done correctly. Now, in that day, church included offering sacrifices and the way that they worshiped and certain emblems and and, uh, symbolism that would take place in the service. These guys knew this. If you were a Levite, this was your male. If you were a Levite male, this was your responsibility. But despite having the knowledge of all of that, these Levitical priests are offering improper sacrifices to God. You see, instead of following the requirements for pure offerings, they are sacrificing defective animals, which shows their apathy and disrespect towards God. And it is a direct violation of the covenant that they had agreed to follow. 
So when you read this, the wording is somewhat harsh. As I was reading the text, you're going, oh man, this can be exciting. You know, I mean, he talks, well, he says a lot of things. It doesn't sound very exciting in that text. But when you look at the context of the text, you understand that what he is saying is, you know better than this. You know better than this. In response to their actions, God warns them that he will be praised properly. He threatens to humiliate the priesthood if they don't lead the people according to the conditions of the covenant. To make matters worse, while the priests are being unfaithful to God and the covenant, the people of Israel are also being unfaithful to each other. In particular, they are marrying pagans, non-believers, okay? And they are committing divorce, both of which was forbidden under this current law. God's covenant with Israel included both blessings for obedience and consequences for disobedience. And yet, as Israel disobeys, they blame God for their hardship. In short, listen to this, because I think it sounds like me today. In short, God's people were defying him, then blaming him for the results. Boy, how many times have I done that? I've walked in disobedience to the covenant that I know the rules of. And when things go south on me, I get ticked off at God. How many times have I said, God, it's your fault, when in reality, I have violated the covenant that I made with God. God never does anything without a reason. In the prior verses, Malachi has delivered a warning from God to the priests of Israel. He said, if you do not correct your insulting and improper worship practices, then God will humiliate you. I got to say something to you that I think is very applicable for all of us today. God was more interested in their character, in their integrity, and their obedience than he was in their reputation. You see, what I know is this. God loves us enough to extend mercy and grace. You know, mercy is what you get when you deserve something else. And grace is the unmerited favor of God. And God will extend grace and mercy over and over and over. But if we continue to violate the covenant we have made with him and walk in disobedience, we need to be sure that our sins will find us out. And we need to be sure that public humiliation could happen. See, God's threat was not out of revenge. God's intent was to purify the Levitical priesthood in order to fulfill the promise he, he, that he had made with the tribe of Levi. He said, I'm not, I'm not doing this out of revenge. I'm just fulfilling the promise that I made all the way back in Numbers 18 that you are now following. The threat was meant to prove God's involvement. Did you hear that word or that statement? You see, when I say, God, I want you to be Lord of my life, and then I try to run the show, and he steps in and says, we've got a problem. All he's doing is trying to be true to the covenant we made with him. He's trying to be the Lord of your life that you asked him to be. But I have to be honest with you as a human, that ticks me off. How's that for honesty? See, I don't, God just thinks he's God and he acts like that. And I'm going, come on, God. And he's going, no, that's, that's the terms of the agreement. That's the terms of the agreement. All covenants include pro- conditions and promises, but they also include actions and consequences. 
The covenant conditions and the promises of our text had been clearly stated back in Numbers 18. And now in our text, we see some actions and consequences as they relate to that particular covenant. Verse two, for instance, Jesus, or, or the, the, the word of God said, if you do not listen, and if you do not resolve to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse on you. The action was, you have a choice, but if you don't, here's the consequence. Verse five and six says, my covenant was with him. It was a covenant of life and peace. And I gave it to him, uh, gave them to him. This called for reverence and he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth and nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness and turned many away from sin. So here's an act of obedience that one agreed to do. And, and as he walked in this act of obedience, as he walked in the conditions of the covenant, many turned away from sin as a result of his words. How about verse eight and nine? But you have turned away from the way and by your teaching have caused many to stumble. You have violated the covenant with Levi, says the Lord Almighty. I have caused you to be despised and humiliated before all people because you have not followed the ways but have shown partiality in matters of the law. Actions, consequences. Actions, consequences. So what does all of this have to do with us? What does it have to do with enjoying the blessings of God? Well, let me just say this. The promise of God is to those who will covenant with him. And it is amazing even today. If you choose to covenant with God, he will have our backs and our lives will be blessed. Listen to some of these words right out of the word of God. Jeremiah 29, 11, a familiar portion of scripture says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. See, when God looks at us, that's how he thinks of us. That's why he gave his only son. He wants us to have a, a future, a prosperous future. In 3 John chapter 1 and verse 2, John said, Dear friends, he's writing a, a letter and he says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you. That's what his prayer is for us. And then he says, but even as your soul is getting along well, I think the King James says, I pray that you would prosper and be in good health. And then it says, even as your soul prospers. And there's a connection there. There's a connection. If you want to have the blessings of God in the external, seen, obvious things of life, you need to, on the inside, have things settled with God. Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's inside of you will come out. That's that, those are the kinds of things, you know, what you, what you feed most on is what you, what is seen most in your life. We have to understand that God wants us to bless us. Look at this portion of scripture in Isaiah 61, three, God says, I want to bestow on them. He's speaking to the children of Israel, a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Listen to, this, listen to this verse for a few minutes, and here's what I want you to consider. Consider God's trade-in policy. You know, if I take my old beat-up vehicle to the dealership and say, I want to give you this, and I want that brand new one there, they're just going to giggle and laugh at me. But think about what God does. He says, here's what I want you to do. 
You bring the ashes of your life to this covenant and instead I will give you beauty. You bring the mourning of your life to this covenant and I will give you the oil of joy. You bring the spirit of despair and I will give you a garment of praise. Wow. You see, while the covenant is available to all of us, the reality of it is we don't have a lot to bring to the covenant. And yet God knowing that said, that's enough. God knowing that said, I'll take you like you are and I will love you so much and add blessings to your life that you won't stay the way you are. And I will give you an eternal hope and I will give you blessings. See, I've served him for many, many years now, as many of you have. And I've always found him to be faithful. Amen? I'm going to invite the worship team to join me back up here. And I just want to say, I want you to think about that for a minute. Even the times that I thought God was unfair, or perhaps he wasn't faithful. What I have discovered about God, if I will give it some time in the long run, I realize he's a faithful God. You say, well, what if I die? Like, like those who have, have faithfully served him their whole life and then they, they die, perhaps a martyr's death or, or another tragic way or, or, or COVID or other pandemics. And you just go, we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. But even in that sense, if what Paul said is correct, the terms of the covenant say to be absent from this body is to be present with Christ. He went on to say to die is gain. I mean, you just can't lose. And I've read the end of the book. See, we will deal with life and we'll deal with struggles. We're not exempt from that. But we'll either deal with it with God or we'll deal with it on our own. We will lean more into God in his ways or we'll be affected more by the enemy that wants to rob, kill, and destroy. And we get to make the choice of what we will do. I'm not always, I have to be honest and I'm not proud of this, but I have not always fulfilled my parts of the covenant with God. But I can tell you this, he has always fulfilled his parts of the covenant. I love the song that we're about to sing and I want you to listen to the words or sing the words, but don't miss the message of the words and then we'll come back and close. You have been faithful And all my life You have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I will see Of the goodness of God Sing that with us again All my life all my life you have been faithful and all my life you have been so so good oh, with every breath that I am able oh I will see of the goodness of God your goodness is running your goodness is running after it's running after me your goodness is running after 
laughter, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness, your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. I found that to be true over the years. His goodness is always running after me. He wants me to enjoy the blessings he provides. You know, as a parent, there are times when you provide things for your kids. And not only a, they appear to not be grateful, but they don't even take advantage of it. In fact, it's as often as the case, it's not till they get older in life that they realize the great value that they had. Mom and dad get smarter as they get older. You know what I'm saying? But here is God who is running after us. Here's God who looked down and said, there is a limited way that mankind can access me, but I want it to be more intimate and personal, so I will send my best, my son. And whether you're in the building or you're online this morning, you need to realize that this covenant is available to you. You know, one of the beautiful things about this covenant, I mean, if God was all the great things that I said that he is, if, if God was all of that, which we all believe he is, but wasn't accessible, that would be terrible. But he said, I'm also accessible. He promises to never leave or forsake. He promises to walk through with you through good and bad. He promises to do life with you. But the condition of the covenant is you have to surrender yourself to him. You have to ask him to come into your life. And the Bible says it's simple. You simply need to confess that he is Lord, ask for forgiveness. And it says that from the inside out, a transformation takes place. You are no longer like this world. Old things passed away, pass away. All things become new and you begin a life of transformation. And the more you give yourself to God, sacrificially and otherwise, the more transformed you become into the image of God. You know, Pastor Chip and Pastor Joy and, and Bill and elders of this church and staff of this church, they would love nothing more than for you to ask them about this life. They would love to walk with you we use a churchy term called disciple you, but really what it means is they want to help you. They want to assist you to be everything that the covenant says that you can be. I want you to enjoy the blessings of God. I want to live my life in such a way that at the end of this life, when my service that you will have next week for a Christian, wonderful, elderly statesman. When, when, when that happens for me, I don't want people to have to lie about me at my funeral, but I want everybody in the room to know there was a person that walked in covenant with a living God.
He's available, he's willing, but you have the deciding vote. What will you choose this morning? Let's pray. God, I thank you for those that have been here today, in person and online. I thank you for those that are grasping the true message of the sermon. And this morning, they are perhaps for the first time making a decision to enter this covenant, or maybe for the hundredth time that we come back and said, Lord, you know, I, I, I violated some of the conditions, but today I want to set things straight. God, I thank you that you love us so much that you said to those of us that follow you, if we do sin and mess up and violate the covenant, if we will confess that sin and ask for forgiveness, you will cleanse us from all sin and unrighteousness. And to those believers for the very, for those people, excuse me, for the very first time that says, I'm choosing to be a believer in Christ, that God, you will not turn them away. You will take their lives, though it be full of ashes and despair, and you'll give beauty, and you'll give hope, and you will give strength, and you will give confidence. So Lord, I've done the best I know to do with this particular text and this topic. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would do the rest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us for our live streams at the 9 or 11 a.m. at live.pcctoday.com.